Hello and welcome back to a nomad's life. It is the end of September now and I'm still in Sweden living in my car. And in this episode I wanted to start with sharing about how I ended up living in a car and what it is like. what is beautiful about it and what is not so much fun when i left berlin four and a half years ago i gave up the room in the shared flat that i was living in and i packed a backpack and first went to israel and for about a year I was basically living out of the backpack sometimes coming to places where I stayed for a little while made of a bit of a base but really everything that I had everything was in my backpack and there was a lot of beauty in that and I really in- enjoy the simplicity that comes with it with knowing everything that you really directly need is is in this backpack and it can be packed in half an hour and then you're ready to go and also the lifestyle of hitchhiking around which i lived for a while um is amazing it is it is the best ticket for a roller coaster of freedom and adventure and not knowing what's going to come um where to sleep and not knowing who you're going to meet and basically whatever unfolds is is not planned and and that's amazing and it's really nourishing but it can get really exhausting also the basic needs of where do i sleep um is it safe there do i have food do i have water these basic questions take up a lot of space in that kind of extreme on the road hitchhiking camping lifestyle and making that experience is really um it's amazing like it really focuses on what is important after all of these things are done or like when you live in a, a room with electricity and there was a bathroom and there was a supermarket somewhere around the corner and all that um these basic things don't really take up a lot of space like you know that you're safe but once these things really come into focus the preciousness of the time that you have after having taken care of these things leads to to more clarity of so what is important 
in, in this time that is left. And that was an amazing lesson. And living out of the backpack is something that I sometimes go back to because it's it's always a good reminder to to go back to that and and bring that focus again but as a permanent lifestyle I, I couldn't do it at some point anymore yeah because i found these things that are that are important to me which i want to to focus on and i wanted to have more space to take care of these things and follow these things and somehow I needed to to rearrange my life in in a way that gives me the ability to focus more on these things but at the same time trying to not give up this freedom freedom and this um, nourishment that comes with the the traveling lifestyle and for that reason in 2017 i decided to to buy a transporter and turn it into a camper van and that was quite a process finding a car that fitted into my um into my ability like financial abilities and it also fitted my my ideas of, of how I wanted, what kind of van I wanted to build. And then it took me about two and a half months of of building time. And I mostly did this by myself, here and there with the help of of people, uh, mostly my mom who did everything that was. Um, cotton related which was a huge help and and thanks mom <laughs> she's amazing <laughs> she can do so many things but yeah oftentimes it was really hard to get myself up and to say okay i'm getting up and i'm doing more insulation and i'm you know starting into a day that will bring up more more trouble that you don't know about when you start the day. Suddenly you need this kind of screw converter and you go drive somewhere and get it and uh, pay money for it, come back and then you continue and then another problem shows up and it's just so many things that you have no idea that you will have to deal with it, they come up in the process. And mostly having to deal with these, these things that come up myself uh, it was really exhausting. But at the same time, of course, building this car by myself and, and seeing that, that I can build myself a space to live in, that's that's amazing. Like, in a, in a small form, I kind of built myself my first house. And once it was finished, it was beautiful to to be able to jump in it and and start the journey living in a van is of course amazing in a lot of ways but also 
it's important for me to make clear that it is absolutely not only the thing that you see under the van life hashtag, which is which is just always waking up somewhere uh, by the beach and a beautiful view and like everything's not always amazing these things happen and they're amazing and but they're only a small part of it and i would actually also say when it comes to what's beautiful about it, it that's not necessarily the most beautiful thing about it either what i enjoyed most about it was to basically have a big backpack where I can bring a lot of things, uh, I mean not a lot a lot, compared to living in a room or an apartment, but a lot in terms of being prepared for different um, seasons, having a computer and cameras with me. Um, I had a an inflatable uh, boat, for example, when I, when I went to Sweden, like luxuries, in that case of the boat, for example, that I don't necessarily need, but it's nice to bring that and to be able to um, take the boat to to a beautiful lake in in Sweden. And really, the freedom, really the freedom to go anywhere and sleep and know, like on a on a mattress that you don't need to put up your tent. It takes five minutes, and you have a bed. Um, to have food, to have a lot of water, to just feel a bit more independent um, and able to to move around. I really enjoyed that and especially in, in Sweden where it's very easy to find beautiful places in the nature, to live in, in the van, it, it makes it a a great experience however there are things that you don't see on instagram for example a temperature in the van like it's oftentimes uh, it's too hot or it's cold and humid or it's raining outside and you like stuck in this in this kind of little space for maybe a long time um, maybe uh, like something breaks on the car or in some cases not in Sweden but in a lot of other countries having difficulties to to find a place where you feel like it's safe it's legal no one's going to chase you away which of course happens sometimes um, this feeling of needing to find a place where it's like okay to live this lifestyle and that can be a challenge and and that can be exhausting as well it's not everywhere so accepted and yes maybe you can you know have a, a stealth kind of van and even park it in the city and I've I did it like for example, in, in Berlin, even in the middle of the city, I was there in, I think it was November, with a bus next to a park. It's okay, it works, but it's not really 
a beautiful experience. Like, it works. It's okay. And in my case, regarding the van, the worst case scenario happened and it got stolen. It got stolen a year and a half after I bought it. I was in Sweden and I had a GPS in the van and one morning I randomly checked where it is and I saw it's in Poland. Later it turned out that it got stolen within a range of two days because I got a parking ticket that showed um, that it must have been there two days before. And I sent the police there but by that time it was already taken not entirely but so far into pieces that um, it wasn't really recoverable the insurance said we're going to give you the money for the car but there's no point in in building it up again and obviously my whole conversion that was ripped into pieces and that was not insured either and there was not everything in it that I owned but there were quite some things also that were just gone and yeah, that was tough. Like having your house stolen, pretty much. It was really tough. Luckily, at that time, I was in Engsbaka. And Engsbaka gave me a home. Um, I lived in a, in a little, tiny, tiny little house. With no insulation in the winter with a wooden stove. Which I really loved. I mean, it was freaking cold in the morning but I really I really enjoyed that and I was happy that there was a, a place to, to call home when my own home was stolen so at some point the question arose what am I going to do now am I going back to living from the backpack am I settling somewhere am I buying a new bus like what am I doing and the spring after it got stolen, so in early 2018, I uh, I went on a road trip with Lydia in Spain, Portugal and Morocco. And we went with a Seat Ibiza, a small car, in which we slept oftentimes, like even in the middle of a Medina in, in uh, Morocco. Um, and it worked it wasn't super comfortable it probably wasn't the safest thing to do but you know we were able to um, have some luggage we were able to bring some food sleeping was basically putting the seats back and just laying back and, and sleeping and in that time I realized that the step from going to a backpack to having a car is really the biggest one while at the same time this step is not as expensive like everything from going from a car to a van that's where it really gets costly and that's where the conversion of um, a transporter into a camper really becomes more complicated and complex and time and money consuming so I ended up buying a car 
um, a station wagon, like a Peugeot station wagon. It's not the biggest one. And that cost me 1200 euros. And it was to be expected that I would have to invest into repairs, but the base of the car was in such a good condition and, and at a relatively low price that I said, okay, I'm, I'm taking that. And converting the car into, let's say, a tent on wheels, that took me about four or five days in comparison to two and a half months, which it, it took me with the transporter that I turned into a camper van. I'm lying in this car right now. And above me there is a... Like a panorama roof, a glass panorama roof. So I'm lying in my bed and I'm looking up into the grey Swedish sky which may start raining any second. And there were some trees. And that's a beautiful, <laughs> that's a beautiful little gimmick that this car has. So it's got a bed in it. So I, I built... I built a bed and obviously there's not a lot of space like I can lie in it but I cannot sit in the bed or anything and underneath um, there was like well organized storage with uh, with boxes and a safe to to keep my my stuff relatively safe um, so that's my little home now and like I said, it's kind of a tent on wheels. Which, yeah, it brings me to places. I can bring things with me. I can always sleep in the car. I mean, even in, in cities, I did it. Um, and the, it's the same thing as with the van. Like in Sweden, it's pretty easy. Uh, in, in other countries, it's a bit more... Um, tricky to to feel like safe somewhere and and feel like you know you don't want to wake up somewhere on a on a parking in the morning when there was um eight cars of people who are walking their dogs and who are walking by like you know it doesn't feel like you have a much of a private space really but here in in Sweden that that works really well and this is my my driving home base at the moment and I'm, I'm really appreciating that and in the past month I've been enjoying it as well after I recorded the last episode the next day actually so right after I said I'm riding, riding the wave and everything feels very good the next day the suspension of my car broke <sighs> and it threw everything uh, a bit um, on its head and uh, I had to stay in Spaka and I like I couldn't move the car it had to be towed and I had to get an appointment to get the, the, the suspension uh, replaced and I felt stuck and I hate the feeling of being stuck <laughs> and I really felt like I needed to to go from Ingsbaka and 
eventually, a week after the suspension broke, I was I was able to leave and go on an adventure. And I was really pumped about it. I was really excited. And after a month in Engsbaka, I was really like, "Yay, road trip!" Da, 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 da. And I had, I was I was going to meet some some people to photograph. I don't want to go in it too much right now. I think um, I mentioned it before briefly, and I'm going to briefly mention it again. I'm working on a photo series here in Sweden since uh, 2018 so it's kind of a long-term project and this year I decided to to try to find some people to photograph before I come to the country other than my usual way of doing things to go somewhere and then just trust that I will find the people and that things fall into place, which is still part of how I do things. But I wanted to add this year to ask people beforehand if they would be up for joining my project. So one of these people um, that I was going to see and photograph lived uh, on the other side of Sweden, somewhat near Stockholm. So I was driving that way and someone on the way declined afterwards, which it kept happening this summer. Um, but the person that I was going to, she lived on the other side of Sweden and we had some phone conversations before and uh, and we had a a good vibe with each other and I ended up getting there and finding her in a place that very much felt like a a place where I could see myself living. And I do have these phases where I feel like I think I'm tired of this much moving. And maybe I'm tired of having only this car as my base and maybe I want to have a tiny little house or a room somewhere. And when I came to this place, that was one of these places where I felt like, mm, maybe here or something like this, maybe. It was a, a land maybe the size of a football field in total with two bigger houses and a camper and a smaller house or two smaller houses and there was a a couple in their late 50s early 60s living there and two full-time musicians and this girl that I was meeting to photograph yeah and I really liked this vibe of of everyone having their space where they could do their thing but then also having a communal space, like a big kitchen and a, and a living room, and like in the summer also the outside areas where they would come together and do things together. And I think this is something that I need. As much as I like what's happening in these communities, that there is lots of closeness and... Um, 
working together and getting to know each other a lot through working together as much as I like that it can become too intensive for me quite quickly and this mixture of having things together but everyone also having their own space and their own um, works of some kind yeah, that's really attracting me and I was really attracted to that place. It was uh ay 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 kind of a kind of a miracle place. And I had a really good connection to that girl living there. So the the idea of taking photos uh, it didn't disappear, but we just we just began having having a good time and, and um yeah, some kind of magic unfolded and it was it was very beautiful. But also it's a bit difficult for me, it's a bit delicate this situation because it kind of serves the cliche, I think, um of being a photographer who in my case like I photograph a lot of women which is I think mostly because it's just easier for me and I feel more comfortable with women and I feel more connected to women and whatever I'm expressing it, it I I can express it more with with women they just resonate with me much more but looking at the work for someone it, it like it may look like I'm I'm some kind of Casanova or at least that's what I what I think sometimes that it appears like this and it's the total opposite like it happened only once that I met someone to photograph and then not on the day of photographing but after that uh something um some kind of affair in that case uh, evolved that happened once in what is it 15 years something like that so so it's extremely rare um but getting into this situation to meet someone who i was wanting to photograph and then actually feeling that there was some kind of magic happening um it makes me a bit un uncomfortable like because i don't want to to serve that cliche and I um yeah it makes me it makes me feel makes me feel weird and of course in photography uh, when photographing people there was always some kind of magic happening and I think that's what makes great photography of people great that there is some kind of yeah, some kind of magic happening in that session and in that connection between the photographer and the photographed person. And sometimes a friendship evolves um, or sometimes I am in touch with these people for a longer time. But oftentimes, probably most times, it is it is really limited 
to that to that photography space so in this case it didn't like it didn't grow into into something i don't know it didn't grow into some kind of fair something or whatever you want to call it uh, but there was beautiful magic present and it still is uh, in some way um, yeah very very beautiful Photography is a vehicle for me to get into places and to get to know people that I wouldn't have otherwise met, maybe. And generally as a vehicle for following my curiosity about things um, and having an excuse to, to be very blunt about it and to, to live it out. And in the rest of this month, um, there were other occasions then where where I could live out this this curiosity. Um, one very special um, thing was to meet two women in their seventies who, yeah who I could meet and talk to and have lunch with and like get to know them and then eventually photograph them um, naked in the forest it's like you know how amazing is that how how amazing um, is that and like would I have had that opportunity to Yes, of course, be curious as a photographer, um, but also have the door open to me, f for me being so curious and, you know, just making the first step to open the door to getting to know these people. Um, would I have been able to, to do that without this vehicle of photography? I don't know, maybe, maybe. But then, of course, yeah, being a photographer and being able to to create 
something or to express my curiosity and unfold it in image making and then hopefully in beautiful images uh, that was that was an amazing opportunity and yeah like i said this is this is why i do it this is this is why i photograph to un unfold and live out my my curiosity mostly about human beings so in this month i i met this uh, this girl in this you could maybe call it community on the east coast of sweden and then i continued driving north my excuse mainly was um that there was a rainbow gathering happening which i ended up not going to i was curious to visit but i wasn't super into yes let's put up a tent and stay there for two weeks and i ended up not going to the rainbow but whatever that was my excuse to set the compass to north and i was also told about like an animal wildlife park uh, which I thought maybe a good opportunity to to find like animal photos for my photo series. So I drove up there. Um, I managed to talk to someone from the management of that park, who was able to support me a little bit, but not to the extent that I was hoping for. But yeah, uh, I was at least blunt enough to to go up there and. Uh, get someone from the management to to talk to me and again it was just an excuse for another road trip to the north and i was really enjoying at that time to just get in the car and and get into a routine of um driving two three hours in a day um making food somewhere in the nature enjoying silence enjoying being just with myself after this um, intense time in Engsbaka, surrounded by so many people. And I was enjoying um, a routine of, um, yeah, driving, cooking, working, uh, listening to lots of nerdy radio stuff and podcasts that I like. And eventually... After these these days of, of freedom by myself arriving in the in this animal park. And after that I went to to visit someone that I met in the artist residency in Thailand. And when I got there I realized that he's living in, in a hostel in a tiny village which has somehow um, a concentration of alternative people of some kind and I was somewhat curious about the option of of living in this hostel which would have been when it's longer term would have been a relatively small rent with a little bit of volunteering help but not like 24 hours a week and that was attracting to me somehow 
but it also reminded me again of this intensity in in these places and yeah after like i was i ended up staying in in someone's house like renting a room in someone's house not in the hostel and it was nice to be near the hostel and to go there every now and then but it already like it's becoming more clear to me that i i need a i need a certain amount of just space for myself and this intensity is beautiful for a while this intensity of sharing very closely the space with others um in combination with all this sharing and open communication and everything just like being very close but yeah then i that i really enjoy having a bit of space I, yeah i'm i'm in a process of figuring out how much stability how much um freedom of movement do i need how close can i be with others i'm trying to figure out what's like a what's a good way to to live for me what's a good balance yeah generally balance is yeah i'm realizing it's all about balance <laughs> and and that's also when it comes to the living situation so up there i i had a room in someone's house which was it was good to have a warm space uh with bathroom kitchen uh, things available electricity internet and i was working a lot and yeah ended up meeting these two older women and then i photographed another man uh, outside on a on a farm that was also really amazing yeah a beautiful week and then i came to stockholm yeah stockholm was all right someone that i was curious to meet who was also in a in kind of a art dance painting studio bubble um that ended up not happening which was a bit disappointing and generally stockholm was a city just it was just I'm not so attracted to to like exploring a different city. I enjoy being in Berlin, but it's not super exciting to me to go to another city and be like, "Ooh, what's going on in this city?" Especially when it's in a place where it's so expensive to do any cultural things like it is in Sweden. And being in in Sweden uh being in stockholm i had this experience again also that i have in other places as well uh, like smaller towns in sweden where i'm realizing for a lot of swedes this is actually the life like all this nature and and space and freedom that i connect with being here it, it's not it's not the reality for most people here most people live in a a city and they wear makeup and do consumerism and are stressed and yeah their life doesn't seem to be so different 
from people in other cities, in other countries. It was nice to be there. I went to the photography museum and, and just generally walked around, but was also appreciating just being alone in the apartment there. Someone uh, could give me over the weekend the need for for some for some stability at least for a little while is uh, is getting stronger and i'm actually excited now to come to berlin where i have an apartment for 10 days and then a shared a room in a shared flat for another 2 weeks yeah i'm excited to be resting a bit more um to develop my films, I photographed about 45 films this summer, which is uh, a lot. Excited to get those developed, to get the contact sheets and work with them. And, uh, yeah, be, be in, in Berlin. Be, like, safe and warm. And then we'll see. I'm planning to come back to Sweden in the winter for my photo series. I'll share more about it and another and another point. Okay, maybe I'll tell you a bit about it. In this series that I started two years ago, I am in somewhat of a fairy tale way portraying creatures mostly they are humans but i would like to describe them as creatures who live in in the nature and who live very connected with nature as a bit of a, a mysterious tribe you could say and a bit ancient and i'm saying creatures because i i like the idea actually of of blurring that line between uh, these are animals and they walk in the forest um, naked and they just hunt other animals or eat food from the ground and then these are humans and they live in houses, drive cars, wear clothes and go to work to then buy food in the supermarket. I'm trying to, to blur these lines a little bit and, and portray these these creatures as yeah as another form of animal that is is living in the nature and connected with the nature and it's kind of my love letter also to the scandinavian elfish people and the mysterious um beautiful and like feeling old Scandinavian nature and sometimes in the series I'm, it's a progress like I'm not much of a person who comes with a concept and then works off the concept I maybe have an idea but then it's evolving that is for every situation like portrait situation that I go into but it is also for the general theme of the work and I'm seeing that over the time, growing life and decay and 
generally the circles that happen in nature that they become part of it part of what's expressed in the series and with nature i don't only mean like you know looking around in the environment but nature as in all of us and again it's about blurring the line of saying you know this is nature and and this is people but to see that people are part of nature and we're in a symbiosis with everything that's around us and it's not just a separated thing yeah i'm not perfectly sure if i'm really good at describing this and i i'm like actually bored also of of photography that heavily relies on having to be described in like in an sometimes an essay instead of being able to speak for itself in the images and i would say i'm a visual storyteller and and this is how i want my work to to speak so hopefully you'll get to see it one day i haven't really shown any of this online and although of course there will be some of those images on my website at some point really i'm doing this to make some something in print uh, i'm shooting this on medium format film it's a very slow very conscious a very expensive process also and yeah i really want this to become something that can be touched something on paper may that be a book or an exhibition or both in the best case that's really what i'm what i'm aiming for and i'm seeing how different people perceive something um that is touched other than something that they swipe up and down on their on their screens yeah so so this is why i'm i keep coming back to to sweden and this is why i want to come back in the winter because i want to to bring this dark and cold time into this series as well and really looking forward to that although it's scary a bit you know <laughs> it's a bit scary to go to this like cold and dark place in in the winter but hopefully i'll find a, a place somewhere and hopefully there'll be snow it's not guaranteed even up in sweden at least in the southern and central part of sweden Så rara Och farväl min låt var
It's just been a few days since I actually recorded the last episode and I'm in a little village now in Sweden about an hour and a half away from Gothenburg and in this village there are quite some people that are connected to the Engsbacher world and I heard about this place a few times and there was an occasion now that led me to come to this place right now the opening of a bakery and one of the bakers I know from Engsbaka and the other one is the twin sister of someone that I met this summer here in Sweden so I decided to to come for that I was curious about this place and really wanted to to see it because again it sounded like a place that I might be interested in in living in it sounded like a good balance of being in community and being able to live my own thing and go after my own things so I got here when the opening happened and it was very beautiful <laughs> They were only open for three hours that day and for the entire time people were queuing like 10 meters outside of the bakery to to go in and buy bread. And Jesper and Annie were serving the people and yeah, knew all of these people because it's a little village that has... A mixture, and that was very clearly to see on that day, a mixture of just regular people who live there for all their lives, some of them, and a mixture of, well, hippies, artists, people that build things, people that are generally interested in somehow living differently than the nine-to-five job, society, normal thing. And I wanted to support the two uh, by taking photos of their opening so they could, could use them for their marketing. So I spent a lot of time just sitting and observing in the bakery and, and taking photos. And in the next days... I met some of these people that I know or people that I met once and I got a glimpse into what's going on in this village. For example, one morning I was uh, joining a dance. Like in one house, they um, they dancing every morning for half an hour, 45 minutes, someone makes a playlist and they just dance as a morning ritual in their house. 
How beautiful is that? To to start the day like this. And I mean people work here and make a living somehow. But it seems that somehow they've managed to find different ways of doing that and not getting up and driving to work every morning at 7.30 and coming back at 5 in the evening but somehow finding different ways and also living with less money which is something that I do as well and that I uh, yeah, think would be healing for our society in general not to constantly run after money to buy more things People are building houses, um, nice little alternative houses. And also there is one big house that someone bought two or three years ago, which is kind of a community place. And on the evening after the opening of the bakery, there was a concert of three women who just sang a cappella. Swedish folk songs some traditional ones and some that they made and after that it turned into a jam session and then it turned into a, a electronic music dance party very organically oh yeah and before that there was a, a dinner downstairs like it's kind of a hub of the village where community activities happen that people join but they don't have to you know <laughs> it's not like living in a like more tight organized community it's more of a free space yeah i really fell in love with this place that evening the next day though i uh, felt very lonely which is something that happens on the road like constantly having to to organize connection um, it's exhausting and sometimes it doesn't work and then maybe the weather is bad and I'm stuck a little bit in the car and well sometimes it really pulls me down and that evening there was a, a sharing circle in that same house, in that same room where the concert was. And I shared about this struggle and this loneliness and and cried and that was really healing. Yeah, sharing is really healing. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like what I'm doing in this podcast, but as I mentioned in a previous episode, it is a bit different whether you're sharing something in a podcast that just goes out to anybody on the internet or if you share in a more intimate circle with people. And the next day was very bright again with an amazing photo shoot with a man that was very playful with the nature. Um... <laughs> I counted my films after that, 53 already this summer. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> and later we, we lit the sauna 
There was a community sauna and sat in the sauna in the heat, watching it getting dark outside, jumping in the river in between, and then making dinner afterwards together with some people. It's these moments in these days when I when I feel so much calmness and when I can really imagine to to live in a place like this and when I could imagine to be nourished and welcomed in in a group of people yeah a place like this village with these kind of people where there is spiritual influence but but it's not a dogma and everybody can can be who who they are and have their own space but also find like-minded people very close in a village something that you know maybe i didn't spread my wings enough in germany and look out for this but i didn't yeah like in Sweden now and in Israel also, I found these kind of places. And I think that's something that I, I long for. Living in a smaller place that has a high concentration of alternative and creative people. There's a theatre group here as well. Yeah. And today it's really sunny again. And I'm... Um, I'm feeling really good and, and calm today. And in just two days from now, I will be on the ferry to Germany and back to Berlin. And it's uh, it feels good to leave Sweden in a good state. And I'm looking forward to come back in the winter. And I'm looking forward to Berlin as well. It's going to be fun. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. As always, um, feel free to get in touch with me. Write an email, send some kind of voice message. You can find all my contact information as well as my photography on my website, which is kenbusley.com. That's K-E-N-B-U-S-L-A-Y dot com. I hope you're doing well. I hope wherever you are, the pandemic is not hitting your life circumstances too hard. Yeah. And I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye-bye.
Yeah.